Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, my guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and we've got Dan Deardorff talking football in 15 minutes, the Hall of Famer. We have the legendary Dr. J, Julia Serving, in our second hour today. Our list today is inspired by Adam Sandler. We got Hembo, we got Bubba, we got Nuno. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. What's the level of concern over this injury with Anthony Davis right now? Kevin, it's significant. All right, Wilbon, what does Anthony Davis's injury mean for the Lakers? Trouble. It's as simple as that. That's a one. Sometimes one-word answers are the best answers, and that was some of the reaction yesterday across the ESPN networks to the news that Anthony Davis is going to be out for a while. And I will make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I think there is a scenario here in which the opposite is true. I think there is a scenario here where a month to six weeks off for Anthony Davis could wind up being the best thing that happens to the Lakers. The bottom line of it is this. LeBron James and Anthony Davis and everyone who knows or cares about the Lakers are in a championship or bust mode. When you play for the Lakers, it is championship or bust every year. It doesn't matter how bad you are. You could be coming off a 21-61 and 61 season. No one's going to get excited because the Lakers make it to the first round of the playoffs. So this is all about where they are when we get to May. And I don't know that there's reason to believe that they won't be fine. It is possible that Anthony Davis, after taking this time off with a strained calf and the tendinosis and whatever else it is that he has, will be just fine. Now, when you hear injury to the Achilles, that is the scariest thing you can hear for an athlete. And there is reason to be scared of it. Because I'm old enough to remember a time when Kevin Durant had almost exactly this injury. Almost exactly this injury during the playoffs in 2019. And he was told, you can come back when you feel up to it. There's no way your Achilles will blow. That's not one of the things you have to worry about. And he came back in the finals. And in his first game, there he was lying on the ground. And the next thing you know, it was a year later for him and he was on crutches and he never played in Golden State again. So with Anthony Davis, you air... Not only on the side, that's not even enough. <laughs> what, what's going farther than airing on the side of caution? Air in the continent of caution, whatever it is you do. But assuming he's okay, and I understand it's a big assumption, assuming he's okay, I believe the Lakers remain the team to beat for the NBA championship this year. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Stephen A. Smith had a slightly different, well, not slightly, had a vastly different perspective on first take. The Brooklyn Nets are going to win the NBA championship. The Lakers, as far as I'm concerned, are the only team standing in the way of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden winning the chip. They're the number one offense in the NBA. They're absolutely positively unstoppable. And it's going to take an elite team on both ends of the floor to knock them off. Here's what we're going to find out. And I talked to Jay Will about this on TV a little bit. I got Hembo here with my numbers. And I want to bring Nuno into the conversation today as well. Nuno is the producer of this program, and he is the hoops geek of our group. As you get to know us better, you will learn that Hembo is all about baseball and Nuno is all about the NBA. So the questions to me are these. We all understand how great the Nets are offensively. I love the fact that Kyrie is going to play off the ball. That is exactly the right decision. But this team genuinely can't stop anyone. They are terrible defensively. They are 27th in a 30-team league in defense, 
since they acquired James Harden. The worst defensive ranking for the last NBA champion, last 15 NBA champions, was 11th. That was by the 2018 Warriors, who all, by the way, had an offense even more lethal than this. So the question is, will their defense be their downfall? Nets, Lakers, NBA Finals, Nuno. You're betting an amount of money that matters to you. Who you got? If Anthony Davis is playing, I am taking the Lakers. Me too. All right, I'm glad to hear him say that. Hembo, my numbers man extraordinaire, Anthony Davis plays. Because there's nothing even to talk about. If Anthony Davis can't come back and play, the Lakers aren't even making the finals. We'll be handicapping Nets Clippers or Nets Jazz or Nets whoever else you want to put in the second half of that conversation. They have no chance without Anthony Davis. But give me the numbers here. What are the numbers that matter, Hembo, as far as what we're seeing from this team? Well, the numbers say that no team anywhere close to this bad on defense has ever won the championship. The Lakers in 2001 ranked 22nd. That team sort of flipped the switch in the playoffs, as we well remember. But even the Warriors a couple years ago in 2019, they ranked 11th. That's way, way, way better than what the Nets are doing right now. To me, you're being too presumptive in assuming We'll even reach the NBA final. Here's the thing. The 0-1 Lakers are the team you're talking about. That was a team that had Shaquille O'Neal in the middle and Kobe Bryant playing defense on the... Kobe Bryant was as good a lockdown man defender on basically anybody in Shaq. That's a totally different situation. You don't have that here. You have guys who have been, let's be kind, described as disinterested <laughs> defenders. And that's probably the kindest thing we can think of to say about them. So, I, but I, that, that said, I still believe. And I will tell you why. Because we have entered an entirely new era in the NBA. And I, for one, hate it. Hembo and Nuno, I want you to hear this. And I'm going to want you to chime in over there, little Mr. Nuno, who has never stops telling me all of the basketball that he wants us to be talking about here. And I get it. But Hembo, tell me the number. Give me the number that you gave me in our meeting this morning about three-point shooting. Greeny, there have been seven instances this month since the start of February, in which a franchise has broken its single-game record for made three-pointers in a game. Seven times in 15 days. That's all they do. I mean, there were a game last night. There were games that 45 threes were attempted by the Jazz last night. I had another highlight this morning where someone took 43 threes last night. Hem, uh, Nuno, you tell me that, that changes the dynamic of everything. Because when all the other team wants to do is jack up threes left and right, defense almost stops mattering, or it certainly matters a lot less. Is that an accurate depiction of the NBA that you love so much circa 2021? I think so, but during the regular season. I do think that, especially the deeper you go, guys will play tighter defense. You won't take as many threes. And therefore, a team like the Lakers, maybe even the Clippers, if they get healthy, will be able to you know, actually beat the, the Nets who are just jacking up threes left and right. We'll see. Because, see, here's the thing about the Nets. They're jacking up threes because that's what the analytics say is the best way to win. But those guys can score any which right. way. I mean, Harden is going to take step-back threes no matter what happens, and that's one of the reasons he's never led a team anywhere. But Kyrie Irving doesn't have to do that. Kyrie can get to the basket on anybody, and Kevin Durant can score from anywhere. Kevin Durant is the best pure scorer probably the NBA has ever seen when you consider the all-around dynamics of his game. So, in my opinion, 
the Nets and their offense will get them to the finals. The, the Los Angeles Lakers are the only team that would beat them. I am Greeny, and I'm just getting started. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Uh, the great Dan Deardorff is going to join the party live. Plus, on the way here, how can anyone be expected to apologize when absolutely no one is sorry? I will answer that for you as we continue. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along on ESPN Radio, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And in 30 seconds, we'll welcome on the Goodyear Hotline. One of the great players the NFL ever had and one of the most significant voices the sport ever had. Dan Deardorff in 30 seconds after this time for some straight talk. Look, your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With straight talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. And with that, I am delighted to welcome a man who was born in Canton, Ohio, and will live there until the end of time as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The one and only Dan Deardorff is with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Dan Deardorff. Good morning, Greeny. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I have a little trivia here, actually. I bet you you're going to know this. Hembo gave me this question. You are one of two Hall of Famers born in Canton, Ohio. Do you know the other? Well, my God, shoot me dead if I don't. Alan Payne. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> that is exactly right. The judge. The judge, Alan Page. Yes, no kidding. Uh, uh, and Greeny, here comes an, here comes an unsolicited promo. Yeah, I I watch Get Up uh, every morning. No, I don't watch it live because I tape it. But mm-hmm. I got to tell you, the reason I watch it is that I like to laugh, and you guys make me laugh. Uh, some of your sidekicks are genuinely funny people, and that you know that's the best part of your show is the way you guys you know don't take yourselves too seriously. 
Well, that is very nice of you to say. I will pass that along, and that will be much appreciated, well, uh, especially from you. So thank you for saying that. Uh, Dan Deardorff is yeah. with me here. Dan, you know, I've never asked you this question. How did a kid from, from Canton, Ohio, wind up playing at Hated Michigan? Uh, well, it was really simple. Uh, uh, Woody Hayes didn't offer me a scholarship. Wow. And uh, it was, so I, I got the ultimate uh, get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, but, yes, I, would, my high school coach played for Woody at Ohio State. Uh, I'd love to say that he didn't uh, know who I was. But he actually spoke at my senior banquet, and he offered a scholarship to a linebacker on my high school team. So apparently saw Woody saw plenty of me and didn't like what he saw. Wow. And, and here you are. And then, again, to be clear, because most people, I think, now think of you as an announcer, which you were for so long at, uh, at ABC and CBS. But the reality is a Hall of Fame football career starting at Michigan and then on into the NFL. So we'll get to more of that. But here's what I want to ask you. The, the, the Super Bowl this year was a fascinating culmination of the season because at a time when offensive numbers have never been higher, when throwing the, just flinging it around the yard has never been more in vogue and has never looked like a better way to win games. At the end of the day, the championship was decided in the trenches. And every lineman I talked to absolutely loves that. What did you think of it? Well, you know, this game... It, it changes, uh, and, you know, the game. I was a rookie in the NFL 50 years ago. And, yes, it has changed dramatically towards, you know, the leniency in the passing game. And, you know, you hear people talk about schemes and matchups. It is still and always will be a game where the two most important aspects of any football game are blocking and tackling. Mm. And that was exactly what that game was. Tampa Bay won that game on the line of scrimmage, and they won it on both sides of the line of scrimmage. It was a spectacular effort, and George Allen would have loved it. <laughs> you know, it, it does make me wonder, because in the week leading up to it, so many of the, you know, as you mentioned, the aforementioned people I have with me on Get Up were wondering, you know, is Mahomes good enough that it won't matter? He's lost all these offensive linemen, the left tackle, the Pro Bowl left tackle, Fisher gets hurt in the championship game and isn't playing. And Mahomes, I kept hearing, well, he can get rid of the ball in two seconds and he does all these magical things and it won't matter. And in the end, it did matter, right? At the end of the day, that's as big a factor in the game as anything. How did the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? They did it by reducing Tom Brady to a non-factor because they were in his face the entire game. Uh, Strahan and the, the Giants' defensive line, completely dominant. And it's uh, – uh, I would never have thought, Greeny, that uh, the Chiefs, with that offense, could be held without a touchdown. Mm. I think historically we will go back and look at that defensive effort by Tampa Bay as one of the most wonderful championship efforts the NFL has seen in a long time. I agree. Dan Deardorff with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Obviously, on the other side is Tom Brady, 43 years old, now winning his seventh championship. And Dan, you played in an era, you played with a really good quarterback in Jim Hart all those years, but you played in an era with Bradshaw and Staubach and Stabler and Tarkenton and so many all-time great quarterbacks. How would you describe what Tom Brady has done and what he is? Well, I, it's, you know, obviously I'm, I have a, a tremendous bias here. 
Uh, where did Tom Brady go to college? <laughs> he, he may have gone to, the, to that to that maize and blue school uh, that you did yes. so well with. So I will uh, immediately declare myself as uh, not entirely impartial here. Mm-hmm. But I, I, he's such a complete package. Uh, the performance under pressure, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and forget about defying father time. Um, it, it's the greatest thing you can ever say about a teammate, anyone who plays a team sport, is that their mere presence elevates the play and the performance of the people around them. Mm. And Tom Brady has consistently demonstrated that throughout his career. You plug him into a locker room, and that is instantly a higher-performing locker room. And I don't know that there's a larger compliment that you can play to an athlete. Really well said. The great Dan Dudorf with me on ESPN Radio. One other thing about the current game I just wanted to get your perspective on, because, again, you played a very long time ago, but you have been so directly connected to the game ever since. I, I have people describing what's going on in the league right now as sort of the NBAization of the NFL a little. Players taking control of their careers and their futures in ways that had never happened before, in ways that we generally see more of in the NBA. I mean, you played football at a time when you got drafted, you went there, and that was going to be your home and your lot in life no matter what the heck happened, no matter what. What do you think of this new league? And, and in the end, do you think it will wind up being a good thing for the sport or something that you would be concerned about? Well, well, the players uh, are the reason that people watch. Uh, they're the reason that this game is so popular. So I, I have no problem whatsoever with the freedom of movement for the players. Uh, however much they make, I'm not one of those guys that laments the fact that if I was playing today, I'd be making $14 million. That doesn't matter. They're, they're, they deserve every penny that they make. Uh, they deserve the freedom to move about. Now, what I don't want to see is the players do not have the ability to coach themselves. Mm. There has to be an authoritative figure as a coach. There has to be discipline. And if that breaks down, uh, well, I'm, I hope I'm gone if that, if that ever comes to pass. <laughs> Dan Deardorff spent all 13 of his NFL seasons playing for the St. Louis Cardinals, playing in my particular favorite era of pro football, Dan. I, I say it all the time. Football is great, and it is still my favorite sport. But football in the 1970s was just something, if you're not old enough to remember it, if you're listening to this conversation, it was just something else. So I want to ask you this. In the 70s, when you played offensive line all those years, who was the toughest defensive lineman you ever played against? Well, there, there was a, a group of them. Uh, uh, Jack Youngblood was always a pain in my neck because I, I, I was a physical player. I wanted, to, I wanted to get into a street fight and... And Jack was a smaller guy, and Jack preferred to run around me. And it was always very frustrating in that regard. But, you know, uh, it was the, I'll say this about the 70s, Mike. Um, it was the wild, wild west of, of the NFL. You could hit anybody anywhere on the football field, anytime and from any angle, as long as the whistle hadn't blown. You could take a guy out 40 yards from where the ball was, and you know what? You got high fives from your teammates. It was a laugh-a-thon when you went in to watch the film. The game has changed dramatically in, in that regard. We, we knocked the holy crap out of each other. 
<laughs> Dan Deardorff. All right, so with that in mind, who was, and you were playing, the nastiest, or if you were willing, the dirtiest player you played against? Well, the nastiest, well, I, I, you know, I was, I, I tried uh, to block Butkus, mm. uh, Lanier, Deacon Jones, uh, Merlin Olson, Bob Lilly, on and on and on. Uh, the, 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 the guy that I didn't even want to make eye contact with was <laughs> Butkus. I, I would have preferred if he didn't even know who I was. But, you know, I also was fortunate enough to have a front row seat to the Conrad Dobler show because I was the right tackle and he was the right guard for seven years. And you know what? I should have had to buy a ticket. <laughs> Is it all true? For those who don't know what he's talking about, Conrad Dobler yes. was known to yes, be. In yes, this, yes, it's yes. all true. Tell us. You tell him. You played it's, with him, not it's me. It's actually worse. It's actually worse. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a story. Give me a story about Conrad Dobler. Well, the day that we played the Rams and uh, Conrad uh, and I and he he went over the line, but he he just savagely attacked Merlin Olson, <laughs> and it was Merlin's last year in the league, and uh, it was uh, it was embarrassing. Merlin took himself out of the game. <laughs> Merlin actually, I look over and Merlin's walking towards the Rams bench, and I look at Conrad, and Conrad is just. He's laughing his ass off. I, <laughs> I didn't realize what was going on until I watched the film. I mean, Conrad was kicking him and punching him, and oh my, it, it was uh, it, it was savage. Oh, that is so good. I could do this literally forever. One more thing I wanted to ask you, because as I was looking, I mean, I've interviewed you a million times, but as I was looking up your career yesterday, I had never realized that when you got you were at Michigan. For the first two seasons of Bo Schembechler, you weren't your first two years at Michigan. He wasn't the coach, and then your junior no. and senior year were the first two seasons of the legendary Bo Schembechler. Just gonna sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. So we do. Tell me a story. Tell me a story about playing for playing for Bo Schembechler at the literally the very beginning of his time in Michigan. Well. Uh... He was the Tasmanian devil. Uh, he showed up, and there was a a cyclone uh, around him. Uh, we had guys uh, leaving. Uh, we had guys quitting every day. And and Bo uh, fashioned a phrase that's still the motto at Michigan today. It's, it's a, those who stay will be champions. And he put that sign up outside our locker room, and we were averaging two or three guys quitting a day. And <laughs> One day after practice, we go walking in, and there's his those who stay will be champions sign. And someone had taken a magic marker and written, and those who leave will be captains of industry (laughs) and and doctors and lawyers. And Bo ripped that sign down, and uh, we had a new one up there right away. It was, uh, uh, there's not a man, and I use the word man, who played for Bo Schembechler, who isn't the man he is today because of the influence that Bo had on our lives. He, uh, every one of us was unbelievably fortunate to have been touched by Bo Schembechler. He, he was, he was that, he was a majestic man. 
Dan, I could do this every day. Listen, clear apart, clear some time on your schedule. We will do this literally every day. What a joy and a treat it is to catch up with you here. Thank you so much for taking this time, and we will talk again soon. Thanks a million. Thanks, Mike. And by the way, I have no schedule, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we will take advantage of that. Thank you, Dan Deardorff. What a pleasure. My goodness. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Dan Deardorff, again, a Hall of Famer, one of the the genuinely great players of his time or any time. And I've interviewed him many times before. He was the voice or a voice on Monday Night Football with Al Michaels and Frank Gifford forever. And then, of course, went to CBS and did that for a very long time. What a my goodness. Right. I could have sat back. I just kept thinking to my I had run out of the questions I had planned to ask. And then I just thought to myself, just keep it going. I, I wanted to just say, and it's terrible journalism, but I wanted to say, Dan, just keep talking, <laughs> please, because I'm enjoying the hell out of this, and I have a feeling everybody did. Greeny, with you, a reminder, if you miss any of the show, anytime, you can always catch up with us, because both hours of the show Post Daily is a podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny. They take each hour. They make them their own individual podcast, and you can get it anywhere that you usually get your podcast. Hashtag Greeny is the name of it. Okay, meantime, there are a few things that we need to catch up on. I'm going to change around some of the plans here, guys, because there's a few things we need to catch up on. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So I just want you to know what it is we're dealing with here from a staffing perspective. So I'm looking at, I get this sheet, Bubba puts together this sheet for me and it's all the commercial reads I have to do. And it's got all the things that are scheduled on the show. And so in our last break, I'm getting set to bring on Dan Deardorff and I'm going through my questions. And you know, I transitioned from the TV show here in 60 seconds. So I don't have a lot of time. And I look down on the sheet and, and it says here, 1030, right next to my 1030 guest slot. He writes Hall of Famer, Julius Dr. J. Irving will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Now, Dr. J was scheduled for 11.30, but it is certainly very possible that that got changed. Those things happen all the time. So I say, and to the microphone somewhat desperately, about 30 seconds before we're coming back on the air, I say, did we change the time on Dr. J? It says 10.30. And Bubba says, and I quote, I wrote this down. Bubba wrote, yeah, I put the wrong time. And that was the end of the sentence. There was no further accountability taken. There was no further exo bubba. I just wonder if that is the level of accountability. Yeah, I put the wrong time. Not even a, sorry, I put the wrong time. It was merely a, yeah, I put the wrong time. What, 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 what do you have to say for yourself? Well, in the moment, I was just trying to double check. I was looking back. Oh, wait, did I? What, what time? Oh, yep. Uh, yep, I wrote the wrong time. Yep. So. <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else could be said. Yeah, I wrote the wrong time. <laughs> okay, so. that, was, that was pretty much the end of it. I was, uh, you know, dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that is our disheveled board operator, uh, Bubba. I call him hashtag Bubba because I don't know. The show is called hashtag Greeny, which I find funny, and so I find it funny to call him hashtag Bubba. We have a million things we need to get to today, but the next, I'm going to move the green list here, guys, because I don't have enough time to give it the the. We just went longer with Dan than I was planning because he was just so freaking good. Uh, so I do want to get, however, to the next order of business today and make it this. I'm sorry, what? what, what, what? I'm sorry, what, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Okay, Lorraine Grose is the daughter of a man named Greg Grose. Greg Grose is the man, he was a, uh, what was he, a, a silversmith? Is that what we decided yes, he was? Yes, a silversmith. He was a silversmith 
who actually designed the original Lombardi trophy, the championship trophy that is presented now in the name of the legendary Vince Lombardi to the Super Bowl champion every single year. And as you obviously have seen, if you are a sports fan or just a human being on planet Earth this week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in reverence of that trophy, were so excited to have it that they went out on this, what can only be described as a, as a waterlogged drunk fest, last week in celebration, and they were tossing the trophy over open water. Tom Brady actually threw the Lombardi trophy over open water to the delight of literally everyone walking the face of planet Earth except Lorraine Groves, the daughter of the man who made the trophy, who was so upset by this, I'm going to play this for you. She wasn't just put off by it. But this seems to be something that really upset her. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I I know the, the passion that goes into this trophy and how my dad and all, all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I personally would like an apology, not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths, um, but to the, to the fans. So she would like an apology <laughs> to all silversmiths <laughs> everywhere. Now, I want to make it clear. You can be offended by anything you want to be. You can be, anything can make you upset. Now, the idea that this caused her a lack of sleep. Two days. And that she found it disgraceful and disrespectful does strike me as ridiculous. But it's not my place to tell her what she should or shouldn't be offended by. If that bothered her, okay, I'll validate that. I can't tell you what you should be upset by. and You can't tell me what I should be upset by. But the idea that Brady owes an apology to anyone is just utter nonsense. What in the world is going on here? To whom would he apologize? To silversmiths everywhere. And I think there is a lesson in this as we have now arrived at a place in our our culture where, where this kind of thing comes up. It is a good reminder that not everything that might upset you demands an apology on the behalf of the person who said or did it. You are 100% validated in being upset by something I can't tell you what you to be upset. We should be upset by, but the idea that just because you're upset by something, someone else must apologize, is ridiculous, and it is something we need to nip in the bud. So again, I'm not worried that Tom Brady is going to feel obligated to apologize here. Don't get me wrong. I don't think any person with a with a an, any rational thought whatsoever thinks, oh yeah. Brady should apologize to not only to Lorraine Groves and the Groves family, but to silversmiths everywhere. <laughs> Anyone who owns silver. When in actuality, he was, it was the opposite of disrespecting the trophy. I thought it was the ultimate in respect. I thought it was, they, they are so proud to have won this, so excited that, that it is the symbol of their win. I think it is exactly <laughs> what it was meant to be. So... With that thought in mind, the only thought I would leave you with on this is just because you're upset by something doesn't mean that you were owed an apology. And that is a message that I think if everyone registers, 
we will start doing a little better. Okay, we have a lot more to do here. Uh, Coming up next, we will do the airing of grievances. So we have not done that in far too long. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. All right, so after Lorraine just aired her grievance about Tom Brady and the disrespect of the Lombardi Trophy, let's hear from you. As a sports fan, it is my experience, you are always aggrieved. So give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776 and air your sports grievance. We will hear from you next on a very busy morning with Greeny F. Back in a Flash on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Uh, we got a good day working here, ESPN Radio. Greeny with you. If you're just joining us, you just missed Dan Deardorff, and the general consensus of everyone on the staff is that that was as good an interview as we have ever done. It, he was just spectacular he's always good but that was ridiculously good and then the star power goes up even another notch in our next hour the good doctor julius irving dr j will join me as we continue here on espn radio but right now it's time for you the tradition of festivus begins with the airing of grievances i got a lot of problems with you people now you're going to hear about it. The airing of grievances. It has been my experience that as a sports fan, I am generally aggrieved, and I'm sure you are too. So this is your opportunity to air your grievance. It is what's on your mind, brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Bubba, who is first up now? Yeah, we'll start in Brooklyn, and we got Paul. All right, Paul, air your grievance, my friend. Greeny loves the show. Thank Mine you. is with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's make a move. Let's figure out where we're going to put Carson Wentz, figure out what we're going to get back so we could start making a plan here moving forward. We need to stop. We need to catch this and, and before it keeps going back. Like, this is ending. That's it. Just get rid of them, figure out what we're going to get back. Let's move forward. I totally get your grievance. Let me tell you what I think is going on here. I think Wentz wants to go to Indianapolis and play with Reich. And I would – I don't know this. I want to make it 100% clear I'm not telling you that Jeff Darlington or Adam Schefter or Chris Mortens or anyone is reporting this. I'm telling you my reading of the tea leaves is that while he doesn't have a no trade clause, Wentz is letting it be known amongst people who matter that if he winds up anywhere else, he's not going to be real happy about it. And thus, I think that is probably influencing what other teams are willing to offer. 
Again, that's just an opinion, but I'm looking at the biggest Eagle fan I know, which is Hembo. Do you share that concern? I think Yes, and I also think the Eagles are finding out the hard way that trading a somewhat distressed asset with a massive contract is not nearly as easy as they thought, considering the quarterback market at the moment. I've said it a million times. They, they act like they're trading Matthew Stafford, when in reality they're trading Jared Goff. So I think those circumstances are coming together and leaving them in a bad place. So I certainly understand being upset about it, and I appreciate the airing of the grievance. Uh, Bubba, who is next on ESPN Radio? We got Rich. All right, Rich, air your grievance, Rich. Hey, Greeny. Uh, just my biggest issue is that we take and draft high-level, high-talent people and put them in the worst team, same worst team year after year after year. I would love to see people like Danny Manning playing, playing basketball with Boston at some point, you know, back in the day. I would have loved to have seen David Carr play with a decent team. Mm-hmm. He got hit so much he can't remember his childhood. I would love to hear the draft become one of two things. Either it's 100% lottery, every team is part of the lottery, or the team that gets that do the worst, wherever they fall, get less revenue sharing. Because teams like Flippers used to be profitable, even though they were last in the league. Time after time after time. I got you. Let me jump in. I I hear what you're saying, and I agree. You have heard me say, if you listen to me a million times, one of the biggest mistakes we make in sports is incentivizing losing. It has led to a lot of terrible things, including tanking and other stuff. And sports are taking, particularly the NBA, has taken steps to try to address and avoid that. So I generally, in principle, agree with the idea that we should never incentivize losing. The other piece of this that I completely agree with is if you look at where most of those problems come from, the teams that remain terrible forever, it starts all the way at the top. And the truth is, like, what, what's the worst-run franchise in the NFL? The Detroit Lions? They haven't won a playoff game in 60 years. They hire new people constantly. They always get it wrong. The value of that franchise has probably increased. Hembo, you can look it up for me. Has probably quintupled in the last 15 years or whatever. They all do. So it doesn't, there's, no, there's no financial detriment to being terrible all the time. Look, teams, it's going to be cyclical. Sometimes teams are going to be bad. But there's no financial downside to just always being bad. And that strikes me as a problem. Let me get one more in here quickly. Bubba, who's one more? We got Patrick. All right, Patrick, air a quick grievance for me, my friend. What do you got? Hey, Mike, uh, great show. Grievance, Dallas with uh, Dakota Prescott. They've got, they've got to get this done. What, what's going on? This is ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's well said. Look, at the bottom line of it is this. They have screwed this thing up so badly, the Cowboys have, that it is actually in their own best interest to trade him now. They can't afford to keep him. They acted last year like they had a win-now team. They went 6-10, and 10, and they weren't going to be that much better even with him, and he's a great player. They, they need, I believe that they're actually in a position now where they need to trade him in order to keep from him just breaking their bank. And by the way, Hembo looked it up for me. The Lions franchise value has increased by four times, went from $500 million to $2 billion in the last 20 years. And in that time, they've been unbelievably bad <laughs> and incredibly dysfunctional and, a comp- and, and just keep recycling people and wondering why they all fail. 
That's the reality of the situation. Dr. J in the next hour. Stay with us. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.